One of my favorite things about the Lord is um, the history that he creates with us. And um, I think we think a lot about like all throughout church history and the history of the world, but God's really passionate about creating history with us. And um, I don't know about you, but um, what I've been noticing lately, so ever since I was little, he's taken me through these seasons, and I think that's why he takes us through seasons, is to um, show us different facets of himself that he can't be in any other time. So when you're in a place of loneliness, God wants to show who he is as the best friend, or um, as you're preparing for your future husband and wife, like who he is as the bridegroom, and who we are as the church, or if you don't have a father, who he is as a really good father. And um, so something that's been this shift lately, like within the past year or so, um, it's been a lot of intimacy, like, okay, me and God, our relationship, but this past year, there, I don't know who else has been feeling this, just this apostolic mantle of like, okay, this isn't just about you and me anymore, like, this is about, for the sake of the world, and um, so, like, I'll come to spend time with the Lord, and it's just like, he just overcomes me with this weightiness to just shift things into heaven and to, um, you know, bind up things and to release things, and um, I really feel like that's where we are right now, and the best way I can relate it is through pregnancy, because I know a lot about that. Um, so, you know, in the beginning, when you're first pregnant, it's a, like, theoretical, really. Like, it's real, but you're like, okay, I guess that's happening. I don't know. You know, you kind of feel nauseous or tired, but it's really hard to wrap your mind around, like, a human being is being created right now. Um, and so that's kind of, like, I think where a lot of where we've been through a lot of church history is like God's given us this, all these amazing promises in the word. And it's like, okay, we're holding on to them, God. And then as you move to your second trimester, it starts to become more real. You feel the first little flutters and kicks of reality. Okay, there's, there's really something. There's really a human inside of me. And, you know, you see the ultrasound pictures and people can start to see from the outside. And I feel like we have been there for the past, I mean, I can't give you numbers because I'm not that old, but maybe for like the past 100 years or so, you know, we've been seeing these flutterings of the Holy Spirit and um, these revivals springing up. And um, I feel like now we're in the third trimester. And um, <laughs> this baby's no longer like a cute little hiccup in us or butterfly movement, um, but it's just this weighty presence. Like when you're in your third trimester, it's like, Especially if you've got two in you, you have like, like separated ribs, you have like this weighty consuming presence, you can't really think about much else. Um, and you, you just can't go along without being brought back to the existence and reality of this being and thinking like, what, what is this human being, like what's about to come into the world, like what is this going to look like, how is this going to change me? Um, and you know you're close to delivering when you just can't you can't think about anything else but how comfortable you are. And you're like, I don't care. I just, it needs to come. And I feel like that's where we are right now. Um, and so um, I feel like the Lord has really been leading me to Psalm 27. Um, and what I really ultimately feel like God wants to birth in the world, which is what everyone keeps talking about, this huge end time revival, is ultimately the lordship of Jesus in every sphere of society and family and politics and media and arts and entertainment and education in the church um, in our own hearts. And um, so I'm in Psalm 24. Did I say 27? 24. Sorry. Um, this is in the Passion Translation. 
And so um, I just love the first part. Yahweh claims the world is his. He's Lord. Sorry, guys. He's Lord. And there's nothing you can do. Everything and everyone belong to him. He's the one who pushed back oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. So then it goes on to who comes before the king? Who then is allowed to ascend the mountain of Yahweh? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy, I don't have that on my phone, temple? <laughs> holy place. Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. Those who never deceive and those whose words are sure, they will receive Yahweh's blessings and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God for they seek the pleasure of God's face, the God of Jacob. And um, I just feel like God is inviting this generation. I truly believe that we are in the generation of the Lord's return, and I don't know when that could be. That could be 40 years from now. Who knows? But even just if you look at the scripture and even with Israel, like none of this is coincidence. Um, but I also believe that um, God has, he's such a God of relationship, and he holds us personally accountable. And I do believe that there have been other opportunities for generations in the church to be that generation to usher in Jesus' return, but they didn't heed the call. And biblically, if you think of like um, Esther, when she, when Mordecai confronted her, confronted her and said, well, who knows that you, you may have been born for such a time as this, and if you don't heed this calling, God will choose another. And same with the Israelites when they were supposed to go in the promised land and they didn't have the faith. They didn't have the identity knowing that they were God's children. So they had to, God had to skip a whole generation. And I feel like God is looking us in the eyes and saying, are you going to respond? I feel like he's been preparing our hearts for decades. Like, I, I feel like these are all kind of the signs of um, like the... Um, what God is about to birth, what he wants to, and in, in, um, how much he's really given within the, maybe the past 50 years, the church, this new revelation of our identity in Christ and what that means, that we're not sinners saved by grace, but we are saints. Like We're no longer in our muck and mire. We've been given robes of righteousness. We are co-heirs with Christ. Um, all these amazing promises, and I believe, too, the, the um, revelation of prayer, throughout the world, like that also prophetically is called to usher in the kingdom, the coming of Christ. And um, you just see all of these different, um, I don't know, the way the Lord has been preparing us um, and even the level of deliverance that people have been getting and understanding and getting broken free from generational curses and chains and um, starting like, I mean, Pastor Karen Rhonda, you guys are such a, a first root of that, of how you God can completely redeem a generation or a generational line. Um, and so I feel like all of that is just showing us how ripe it is for the Lord to be Lord in this earth. Um, and also, what's happening in the world, the darkness getting darker, darker. I don't know about you, but like I have never even fathomed in my mind how blatant Romans 1 was until now. Like, the debasement of humanity's minds when they have chosen to reject the Lord, calling evil good and good evil and, and basking and celebrating in deception and just wickedness. 
And it's humbling, and it, it raises up, it should within us, a, a holy righteousness and anger. No, God, we are the generation. And it says that in Psalm 27. Sorry, I love Psalm 27. Psalm 24. Um, it says, who, who can come into the Lord's holy mountain? Those who are clean, um, whose ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth. It's talking about the generation who will seek the Lord and seek his face. God, let us be that generation. Let us be that generation and not just us and him in our secret place, but everywhere we look, that we wouldn't just expect to see evil and, and wickedness and just sit here and twiddle our thumbs until God returns and saves us from wickedness. And um, so then it goes into... Um, going further into to verse 7. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the king of glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this king of glory? Yahweh, armed and ready for battle. Yahweh, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways, and rejoice. Fling wide, you eternal doors. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. You ask, who is this king of glory? He's Yahweh, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, the invincible commander of heaven's hosts. Yes, he is the king of glory. In, I don't know, like, that should fire you up. That fires me up. Like, so what's cool about the history of that scripture is King David wrote that when he was returning the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem and to the, the tent, the Holy of Holies, that they had set up for the Lord. And there's different, um, I guess, interpretations you can take, which can all be true. First of all, like let's open up the ancient doorways in our hearts, the ancient gateways. That um, And what's interesting when it says, lift up your heads, O you gates. I'm like, gate has a head. I don't get that. It's, it was talking about, um, like, say if there was a castle, um, you know, they would have the top of the door. And so it was saying, like, that's not big enough for the king to come through. Yeah, sure, other smaller kings have come through before that. But we need to open it up and allow the king of glory to come in. And um, so that's in our own hearts. And, and, you know, Jesus says in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock, open up, and we'll, we'll have communion together. And so that's salvation. But it's also those places in our heart that we don't want the lordship of Jesus. He's saying, open it up. Right. I'm coming in. He says he's the lord of, of heaven's armies of commanders. He's coming in one way or another. So let's just open it up and let him blow through us. Let him um, just, that we could partner with him to allow these gates, to push open these gates throughout the earth. And it's also talking about when he went and he flung wide the, the gates of the Holy of Holies in heaven when he died on the cross. He went back, he rose from the dead, and he flung wide those gates for us to enter in, holy and blameless before him in righteousness, that we can stand in authority with him. And you guys, God is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And I always thought that meant like, oh my gosh, that means we're going to get like so persecuted and so martyred and be brutal, brutal. <laughs> bruised and beaten to death until we're just like, okay, God, I think I've suffered enough for you to come back for me. And Jesus, I, I mean, yes, suffering is a way that we are sanctified and purified, but God is like, I mean, there's a reason Jesus says he doesn't know the time he's coming back, only the Father does. And he's just waiting like, okay, when's my church going to get it? When is she going to rise up in her identity and go fling wide the gates, the ancient gates, for me to enter in, to come and receive the reward of my suffering. 
So moving on to, sorry, I don't know segues, but um, so Colossians 2, 9. Um, so this is why we take communion. I'm sorry, this coming back to communion. Hebrews says, let's move on for the basic, from the basic teachings of grace and let's move on to like the meat, our inheritance of what God has for us. And so Colossians 2.9 says, For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God. So when we take communion, we remember, we are consuming Jesus' body. We are completely filled with him in his presence. As Christ's fullness overflows within us, that's the blood of Christ, it overflows the anointing, the authority, the power of his blood. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. And guys, I've got good news for you. Like if you're feeling down and scared about what's going on in the world and the level of evil, just wait because there's some good meat in here. It says, for we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, and that's where the world is right now. So lest we get prideful and point the fingers and say, God, keep us away from the sinnies, you know, that's where we were. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sins. Okay, (laughs) this part's really good. Ready? Okay, who's sick of cancel culture? I am. Who's sick of everyone canceling everyone who doesn't bow to the principalities of the world? It's ridiculous, and people are doing it. Okay, look at this. He canceled out every legal violation we had. (laughs) Preach it. On our record, and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. Okay, this part's kind of like a little modern language. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul. He deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. (laughs) Everything we once were in Adam has been placed into his cross and nailed permanently there. Okay, this is a good one. As a public display of cancellation. It's all, we can't be accused anymore. It's all been canceled. Then Jesus made, okay, this is, this is the real me. Then Jesus made a public spectacle, a public spectacle, like a parade, just laughing, just like, like so shameful for the enemy, a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from every one of them, every weapon and all, everyone say all, their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. (laughs) I'm going to say that one more time. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. And so coming back to communion. So. When you're like really pregnant and labor and delivery, it's a public spectacle. And there's not much you can do about it. And I feel like that is what's happening and about to happen even more. But we got to realize that Jesus made a public spectacle of darkness. And you know, once you birth what God has put inside of you, Whatever is the miracle and raw beauty and sacrifice of it all that it took to create this life silences everything else. And we are about to silence and cancel the enemy. 
and his authority and his, um, his own plans for this world. And don't get me confused, like, Jesus isn't on this earth yet. This is not the millennial reign. But if we're co-heirs with Christ and he's coming back for an equally yoked bride, a pure and spotless bride, we've got to start looking like it. We've got to start acting like him and not being afraid of the world. So anyway, <laughs> I could go on and on. But um, so, sorry, kind of got all over the place there. Um, so anyway, we are going to just go get the element. I don't know. Is it better to pass it around or do you guys like, let's all come up. Okay. So just like the first row, the back, you guys know this. Okay. So start from the back, come out the sides and then go sit back down. And then we're going to take communion together. You know what? While you're doing it, come on up. Don't be shy. Sorry. It's nice, you know, being married to the worship leader. Um, I intentionally asked for the, the song, Open Up You Ancient Gates. Oh, no. Oh, Let Us Adore. The skeleton Bones. I don't know the name of it. Um, but just come up, and I'll tell you a dream I had about nine years ago. I had a dream that someone very near and dear to me, um, it was like this dome and this huge, dark demonic octopus had a hold of this person and a bunch of other people and this person's a believer but um I read the dream maybe a couple months ago and it just made sense to me and I realized it's this this demonic um power I guess of deception and manipulation and um I just started singing this song and it broke free it he was this person was released and so um, we're just going to sing that song while you guys get communion. Thank you. So we receive... Jesus' broken body, he said, take this in remembrance of me. So when we receive this, we're remembering, like, we, our old self is dead. Our anxiety, our fear, our anger, our incompetencies, our insecurities, our weaknesses, um, they're all dead in Christ. Um, And so we're going to take the body. (laughs) Okay. We thank you, Jesus, that we get to become one with you as we consume your body, that the fullness of God gets to fill us. God, we lay down our own lives and our own rights. We die to self, to our old self, that we might receive the resurrected selves of righteousness, purity, and holiness, that we may ascend the holy hill of the Lord to gaze upon your beauty, to bring that revelation of Jesus as Lord to this earth. And so now we drink the blood of Jesus. Jesus, we receive your power. We rise up as your pure and spotless bride and partner with you because for some reason you chose us, Lord, 
you chose us and then you gave us everything we needed to be equally yoked, to be your beautiful spotless bride. So maybe rise up and start acting like it, Lord. Your blood that healed and delivered and set free. So right now we say, wake up. You live in gateways. You ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory for he is about to come through you. Jesus, we partner in power and authority with you. God, we just thank you that we're no longer allowed to be accused. But now we're on the offensive. We accuse the accuser right now. And we tell him where he can go and where he can't go. And so we speak to each door, each ancient door in this earth. We speak to the door of family and we say, open up. Jesus is Lord. The Father's heart will come into the families. The mother's heart Lord, that the hearts of the children will return back to the fathers and mothers, and the fathers and mothers will return back to their children. God, we speak to the mountain of education, and we say that prayer and the knowledge of the Lord will abound within schools again, that Jesus is Lord, not not racial whatever, and intersectionality, and trans, and whatever that's a lie and twist and manipulation of the enemy, but Jesus is Lord. The Bible will be preached and taught in schools again. We speak to the, to the mountain of, pol- of politics. And we say that Jesus is Lord, not man, not Satan, not Jezebel, not Leviathan. Jesus is Lord over this, the mountain of politics. Open up, you ancient doors, and let this King of glory enter in. We speak to media. We speak to media and we say that, yes, though Satan is the the prince of the principalities of the air, Jesus is higher. He is higher. So we lift up the gates, the heads of the gates, and we say, Jesus, clear through, clear through the, the atmosphere. Bind up the spirit of Leviathan. May you be Lord in media. Arts and, ed, and uh, arts and media, or, no, no, arts and entertainment. We speak to you and we say no longer will evil and sin be glorified and be called good. We call back righteousness, righteousness into arts and entertainment and beauty, the beauty of the Lord. May a new renaissance fall upon arts and entertainment as Jesus is crowned Lord. We speak to the church and all other religions and we say you must bow. Just like the God, the, the Baal, who had to fall down before the Ark of the Covenant and whose hands were broken, we just say that you must bow to Jesus. All New Age religions, all religions of, honestly, communism, it's a religion. All, all religions of Islam, anything preaching, anything apart from that, the fact that Jesus is Lord of the earth, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, we command you to bow to Jesus. And we speak to business and we say, you will not bow to woke culture, but you will bow to Jesus and to righteousness and what's true. We thank you, Lord, that you died for us, that we can move mountains. We can open up ancient gates to usher in your coming that we will look like your pure and spotless bride, Lord. Okay, (laughs) Pastor, would you like to come up and do some? Yeah.
Okay. Um, the, if the ministry team will come up.